Welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families Podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families, and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today. Hey guys, welcome to the BKF Podcast. So grateful that you are here today. If you haven't already, please take an opportunity and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. You'll be alerted every time we release a new podcast. Like, share. We would love to have you joined in our community. But right now, we're going to welcome an amazing guest with us, Claire Jennings. It is great to have you and welcome. Yay! Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be here. So, so excited for today. Yeah. Claire, you know, we, I'm so thankful for the God connection with one of our producers, Diana. So I'm just excited that we get to share your story and hear from your heart today. Um, But first you guys, I just want to tell you a little bit about this awesome young lady right here. So Claire is a Louisiana girl living in Texas now with a heart for people and the local church. Um, She manages creative projects and oversees marketing for Next Gen here at Gateway Church, which is our home church. Y'all probably already know that. Um, Amazing church. Believes in the next generation and is hopeful uh, for the future of the capital C church, which I love that you put that. Um, Enjoys photography when she can do it and enjoys traveling um, every chance she gets as well as writing. Writer. Yes. That's a new thing. A new thing. That's a new thing. (laughs) I love that. Love that. So, and just a little bit about, um, you know, uh, Claire's credentials. She's a young adult pastor, has been Healing Place Church social media lead, as well as Passion Conferences, Walk for Freedom, the A21 Campaign Digital Media Director, Christians United for Israel Project Manager, and at Gateway Church as well. And then currently she works at Gateway, like I just said, um, as a project manager in the next generation uh, along with overseeing all the marketing and communication in that department. So you are a busy lady. It's been it's been a good few years. I've <laughs> been all around, but it's I been love good. That. I love that. So you're just a creative. Love that. Yeah, the creative world, is a, it's a fun world. I think once you get into it, you kind of get to be a part of so many yeah. things, which yeah. has been really special. That's so. so cool. So cool. Well, Claire, we just, you know, to start off the podcast, just tell our viewers, you know, people who are watching, you know, just a little bit about you, anything unique or fun you want to let them know, hobbies. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Louisiana, like you guys were saying. I was actually in North Louisiana, which is funny because a lot of people there basically claim Texas. So sometimes I'm yeah. like, oh, I've been a Texan my whole life just yeah. because it's so close. <laughs> just right over the line of Louisiana. Yeah. But um, from Louisiana and just really um, just love the Lord. Like, I think, you know, it's not like the most interesting thing to share, but like I just really fell in love with the Lord at a young age. Yeah. And um, I really love the local church, and I'm sure that'll come out at some point in this. But um, I do love photography, like you mentioned. I love to do photography on the side. I don't pursue it full-time by any means, but um, I really, like, in the creative world, got to grab a hold of that, and I really appreciate that and love that um, just as a little outlet aside from what I'm doing. And um, getting to kind of share stories through photography has been really fun. Um, And so I went to school in South Louisiana. I went to LSU, so I'm a big LSU Tiger yeah. Um, some Texans don't love that, but I'm getting used to it. And then um, I lived in D.C. for a little bit. So I lived yeah. on Capitol Hill, which is wow. 
a great experience. Um, I do miss it. You know, there's so many things that I really loved about that season. And then I moved to DFW last year. So I've been here for a little bit over a year. I'm still learning Texas highways and traffic (laughs) and things like that. But um, yeah, I have an incredible family. I love my family so much. And Um, I do love to travel. I mentioned that as well. I love to go anywhere at any time. I'm pretty spontaneous. And so um, just a little bit about me. That's that's what I would say is, you know, that's that really says a lot about me is the travel and where I'm from and the family that I have. Well, and your journey is, you know, it is special. And I I, I know that there's so much more to your story. so you're the youngest of six. Youngest you're, of six. You were raised by a single mom. Your, your, your parents divorced when you were about 10. Mm-hmm. And that was not an easy process for you. And you mm-hmm. mentioned the local church, and I, I'm feeling this is why that is so special to you, yeah. is that you talked about finding refuge in that local church. Um, so I want to just dive into you know, what that experience was like for you. As a 10-year-old, you have five older <laughs> siblings. Uh, and then we're going to get into the, the restoration part of this yeah. a little bit later. But what, kind of talk, walk us through that journey uh, and what that was like for you. Yeah, so um, I was the youngest. And so I think like I had like these protectors, like my siblings were just like such mm-hmm. a covering for me yeah. for s- my whole life, even to this day. I mean, they would go to bat for me any day, any second. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, at 10 years old, I it's interesting when you're that young because you are aware. Mm-hmm. You're definitely aware of what's going on, yeah. Yeah. but you don't want to believe those things. You still have the innocence in your heart to think like, oh, that's not really what's happening here. But I definitely saw, um, you know, my parents and the the difficulties that they were going through. And, um, you know, my dad was an emergency vet, so he worked at night and my mom was a school teacher and they had six kids. And so, you know, my dad would come home, we would be leaving for school, we would get home, he was leaving for work. And so just, it was a difficult um, journey. And I saw that at 10, like at, Mm. you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, I began to see that those things really affected us as a family. And, you know, we would go to several events it would just be us and my mom, you know, and all of us played mm-hmm. sports. And so it was just like we were always with my mom. And so people kind of started begin to ask my mom, you know, hey, where, how's Charles doing? You know, where's your, yeah. you know, what's going on here? And um, I began to kind of see at a young age, like the difficulty that my mom faced in answering yeah. those questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then at 10, whenever they finally sat me down, you know, my mom sat me down and said, hey, you know, um, your dad's going to be leaving and we, you know, we love you and we just want you to know that this is what's happening. So yeah. when people, you know, she kind of basically walked me through when people ask you, I just want you to be honest with them and tell them what, what you think, yeah. you know, she yeah. kind of gave me a moment to say, tell them, you know, if you trust somebody and you, you know, if your friends ask you what's going mm-hmm. on, you can, you can tell them your perspective. She wasn't yeah. embarrassed and she wasn't ashamed to say like, tell your truth yeah. in this. And so, um, I think that I, as I got older, I saw, I, I heard, and I was told more about what really, you know, what really happened, but I was protected yeah. a whole lot yeah. um, at 10. And um, again, I kind of picked up on it. You know, you think yeah. someone that young probably, mm-hmm. you think that they're not aware, but I think people are more, that kids yeah. are more aware than yeah. we give them credit for. And so yeah. I knew I kind of expected it, you know, didn't want it to happen, but I expected it to happen just because of the things that I was, you know, witnessing. But I will say that, being the youngest of six, I did have those protectors. So it's like as soon as my mom left the room, mm-hmm. my brother Chase, I'll never forget, walked in, sat on my bed and said, what can I do? Like, Aww. what do you have questions? You know, he was yeah. just like, he was 15 years old going through the same yeah. thing, you know, similar emotions, but he just yeah. knew that I would need 
to process it a little bit differently. Wow. And so um, I think that really got brought us a lot closer to as a family, like sibling-wise. Yeah. We're like, we call each other the J6 Mafia because <laughs> we're just like, we'll do anything for each other. I you love know? that. Yeah, that. so that's a little bit about yeah. just that, you know, that experience for me. How was it the rest of those years being, you know, being raised by a single mom and you talk about the church being the refuge? How do you associate that and, and why was that for you? Yeah, I think it's funny because like looking back, I don't think there was like moments where my mom was like doing devotionals and she wasn't like wearing worship music and she wasn't like forcing anything on us. But the yeah. one thing that we always did was we went to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't like, she wasn't like, you know, putting scripture right in front of us. She wasn't doing those things. I knew that my mom loved Jesus just the way that mm-hmm. she was. And mm-hmm. I knew that she was a praying woman. But the one thing that we always did is we went to church. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I will credit a lot of just that to my youth pastor. Mm. Um, they really pulled me in, and, and I, you know, I was getting a little bit older. I mean, I was obviously ten years old, and just going to church and having relationships there really, really changed the game for me. And I, I wrote down, you know, the church was a refuge. Like I always felt like I could count on the church. Mm. Wow. And so. Um, Again, my mom didn't, you know, she didn't do anything specific at home. But I'm like, oh, that's why I know Jesus in such a special way. She lived her life to where I wanted Mm. to pursue those things. But she prioritized church and um, really the relationships and the friendships that I built there. Um, you know, outside of school friends, the, ch- mm-hmm. the the friends that I found at church, it was just really special. And mm-hmm. um, I think to be a part of that my entire life growing mm-hmm. up and prioritizing that really brought relationships. And, you know, I, I'll never forget my, my youth leaders and my youth pastors mm-hmm. saying, you know, how special you are. We're here for you. We're cheering you on. How can I help you? What can I do? And it never stopped. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't just like, yeah. hey, I'm so sorry about what you're going through. We yeah. love you. It was like, hey. The next day, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. What can we do for you? Do you want to come to this? How can we pray for you? How can we love yeah. on you today? And and they just really walked the journey with me, mm-hmm. not just in that season, but like literally yeah. from there wow. on out. So um, it was really special. That's good. Well, what I love about it is, and I'm just, uh, you, you use the word youth pastor. I, I, I grew up with a youth pastor. Yeah. So I know how special that relationship is and how, traumatizing events can be as a child and how important those relationships yeah. are. And, and I think what brings you, and I don't know if you're thinking this is the same thing, but I think so many families who are in that heat season of maybe just going through a divorce mm-hmm. or they're starting to blend their families. And as parents, we're oftentimes very wounded already. Mm-hmm. So we don't really even have yeah. the medicine to give our children. We don't really know what to say because we're hurting so bad. Mm-hmm. And what I love about your story is, is, just make it a priority. Just get in the building. Just yeah. get in the building. Yeah. Get your kids around some Jesus-loving people. Yeah. Get them around a pastor. You know, you may not have all the answers as a as a parent, mm-hmm. but if you can make and I love what you said. We just we didn't. It wasn't something we saw every day, but we we went to church. Yeah. And that is a big reason why you know you you found those people. Mm-hmm. And I think parents, if you're sitting out there and you're like, what you know what I don't know what to do, well. Go find a local church and right. get your kids in that church. And you know what? No matter what happens, just go. Yeah. Just go every week and see what God can do for you. So that's why I love that story. Well, and I think just being like, to speak to that, you know, just being expectant. Like, God, we're in a mess right now. But like, yeah. you know, 
we need community. We need friends. Like I need this, like, and just going into that building or place, whatever that is, and just being expectant that God's going to align godly friendships and community and leaders. And I think that's, you know, that's another thing is that I think a lot of kids in blended families, Mm. they don't have an outlet or someone that they feel like that they can trust and go to, but being able to have a youth pastor or to have a church that does have like a youth group or something for children and teens, um, you know, it, it, it gives them a place that they can go to, that they can, um, you know, have someone to talk to and share whatever it is that they're going yeah. through. That's so important. They Kids have to have need an outlet. someone, yeah. sometimes other than mom and dad, to right. be able to say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm processing. So, yeah, I'm so glad. That was just so encouraging to hear that. Well, I, I love it. It's just a directive step. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. You know, it's sometimes people who are watching our, our podcast, they're so in, a lot of times in fire seasons, they're just they're in that process of yeah. blending or, you know, they're having hard times with their spouses. And all parents are looking at their children going, okay, how do I clean this up? Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes they're not even capable because they're broken. Yeah. So I love that it's a directive step. It's like, listen. Mm-hmm. Just get them there. Yeah. Just get them there. Yeah. Just get them there. Yeah. It really does work. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, so Claire, you know, you, we, before we were filming, we were also talking about, um, kind of like as your parents remarried and, you know, as you were off in college, you know, talking about your mom and how all of y'all mm. kind of worried about her cause she was the single mom and, you know, just that season then up until, you know, your mom remarried, your dad remarried and, you know, going through blending as an, a young adult yeah. too. Can you kind of walk us through that and just like that season with your mom and then the blending? Yeah, yeah, it was so interesting because um, yeah, I mean, my mom was single for a really long time. And so it's definitely not awkward at first, but at first you're like, oh mom, you know, g- get out there. Girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and now that I'm older, I could, I felt like I could say that even though it's still yeah. funny That's to look funny. back on. But uh-huh. um, as I got older, I was like, I, I began to worry about my mom, you know, yeah. cause she is at home and, you know, another child leaves the home and it's just me and her. And then I went away for college and it's just like, you know, and then my dad got remarried when I was 17. So I was still at home and even her, you know, watching her walk through that was, it, it was hard. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there were days where she was really sad, you know, and, yeah. and I would just be like, mom, that's okay. Like, it's okay for you to be sad. Like, it's okay that yeah. I can see you be sad. Like, yeah. this is a very real and honest moment for us. And so I think as I was approaching that, um, I think she started dating, like, as soon as I was getting out of the house. So, like, I was just about to leave. Mm-hmm. And I was worried, like, is she, she's going to be alone on holidays. Like, I need to come back every weekend and see my mom. And mm-hmm. I need to call her and check in on her. It's, like, <laughs> almost like roles reversed a little yeah. bit. But it's just like, we were worried. I mean, I know all my siblings kind of felt that way too. It's like, okay, I I want my mom to be happy and I want her to have, you know, her community, but I also want her to like find someone that will like yeah. meet those needs mm-hmm. and come alongside her. And so as soon as she, I remember, I think I told you guys this earlier, as soon as she told us, we were all at like a pizza place. We all happened to be in town on one weekend mm-hmm. and she was like, guys, I'm seeing someone and we knew him. So we were yeah. like, oh my gosh, yes. We're like, yeah. we're like jumping up and down because because um, it, there, there is a point you get to as a child where you're like, you just want your parents to be so, so happy. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
you know, I think there's years where you're like frustrated with them or upset with them. And once you get past that, it's like, I just want my parents to live the greatest life ever. Like, I just want to do everything I can to where they are set. And so we were all in that place where we're like, yes, like go for it. We're so excited. Awesome. Um, And then she, she, they got married. And so it was just a really cool journey. Um, And we knew him. And so we knew him from when we were younger. So that was like an interesting dynamic too. Like, wow, Oh, you're yeah. familiar. So that's, yeah. that was really comforting as well. Yeah. Um, and so it was really nice that she got remarried and, and my dad had been remarried. So that relationship, yeah. you know, maneuvering that at 17 was an interesting yeah. dynamic as well. Sure. And getting to know these people and, you know, is his love now divided and mm-hmm. into smaller quantities mm-hmm. amongst each other. You know, mm-hmm. I think I felt that too. When my mom got remarried, I thought it's is is her attention going to be spread too thin now? Yeah. There's already six of us. Yeah. So there's already a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. already a lot of attention to give, and so I remember thinking, like, okay, Lord, is I, I just I, I kind of began to worry. The same feelings that I felt at 17, yeah. mm-hmm. I felt at 23 when my wow. mom got remarried. They were very familiar. I was like, oh, I've, I've been through this. I remember yeah. this. Yeah. Thinking, is her attention going to be divided? Is she going to be able to like be there for me? Yeah. I, and, yeah. I will say one thing that um, I kind of learned in that is like those were definitely thoughts that filled my mind just straight from the enemy. Like I knew my mom loved me and I kind of learned how to have this like, it's kind of funny to say, but I I had these like end of discussion moments with the enemy where I was like, I know my mom loves me. I know my dad loves me. I know that nothing has changed. Like end of discussion, like enemy, you don't have any say so so in my mind anymore. Like this conversation's over, you know, like I, I've been in my car and I've been driving and those thoughts creep in and I'm like, no, this conversation's done. Like say no more. Like I know that, I know that that's not the truth. And so, um, it's interesting because even walking through that, I feel like the Lord is teaching me a lot, um, on how to fight against those feelings just Mm because, and obviously I'm older. So I feel like obviously like the Mm -hmm. Lord's equips me in in certain ways in my time with him, but, um, even at 17, I feel like the Lord is showing me that, like, hey, so good. these thoughts are not the truth. Like, you know what is true, and yeah. you know that you are loved, and that, and that doesn't have a place in your mind anymore. Wow. So oh, That's so good. For me, I love verbalization. I love audibly. <laughs> same. Like, you do the same, too. You've I talked do. about that. Yeah, or, I, like, the enemy is attacking your thoughts, and you're like, no, nope. I, I just tell <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like I, know, I know this truth, and this. I, I yeah. don't use this conversation's over. I use... Uh, I'm done talking about this. Yeah. I'm done thinking about this. Yeah. You know, that's just, you know, but, but it, but it is real when the enemy comes and, and, and does try to take over your thoughts. Well, and it starts at a young age. Like he's not like, he's not afraid to go after our children, you know, like you, you know, in the car, like your mom, this, your mom, that, you know, like that. No. Yeah. No, you know, but having the maturity and I'm sure a lot of that comes from, you know, being in youth group and being around people and being, you know, reading the word and being around people who helped train you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that, yeah. you know, yeah. you had that instilled in you. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's our, it's one of our methods for fighting the enemy. I mean, that's just one yeah. of them. I mean, uh, yeah. but I think a lot of people, especially in our blended community, uh, that Satan wants to attack, and, and, and you know it's like it, it's almost like he's he's already thrown you off the cliff. He just mm-hmm. wants you to keep tumbling. Yeah. Um, and and as we go through you know a divorce, and then we go through you know a process of blending a family, there are so many negative thoughts that come into our mind mm-hmm. that you know is my mom going to continue to love me? If my you know are my parents going to be okay? Yeah. All of those things are continued distractors, and um, yeah. so I love what you said about that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that I'm kind of on the other side of it, like I work with students yeah. now yeah. and I hear these conversations and I hear, you know, th- these circumstances, mm-hmm. the Lord has been so gracious to bring students yeah. in my path yeah. that are going through that, you know, seventh graders who yeah. are experiencing that. And so mm-hmm. it's been really special to be on the other side of it and say, what, it, what's the truth? Yeah. yeah. You know, this is how you feel and that's okay. It's okay to be sad. You know, it's okay that, that yeah. your frustrations are valid. But what is the truth here? Like, what is God saying here? And mm-hmm. so it's been cool to be on the other side yeah. of it and, yeah. and say, like, I'm literally looking at myself, Self. you know, yeah. at 17 saying, hey, but what what do you know to be true? Yeah. yeah. Like, at the end of the day, what is what is the truth in this? These are all lies yeah. that the enemy wants you to believe. So let's find the truth in this and let's stick with that. So good. Well, just another example of what, what, what Satan meant to destroy you, God will use to... Uh, yeah build his kingdom. Yeah. And, and those stories of relation of, I can relate to this. I understand this, you know, well, it's like you growing up, you know, you said you're, you, you owe a lot of it to your youth pastor. And now mm-hmm. the, God's kind of like those roles are flipped right. a little, yeah. right. And right. you're in that position where, where you're ministering to, to your younger self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so cool. I love that. Well, another thing that you, we were talking about Claire is your perspective as a daughter um, and that can be from a blended family perspective or maybe like a daughter of the king, you know, the king or um, whatever you want to talk about. But I'd love for you to share on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think both and like a, yeah. like my perspective, because for a long time I had a hard perspective of like my earthly father and my heavenly father. Like it was yeah. very, they were very different. But in some lights, I was like, oh, there, I, I see God as the same way I do my earthly father. And, yeah. um, you know, there's been a lot of restoration that's taken place between me and my earthly father. Like my dad, God's done so much since mm-hmm. like the 10 year old Claire to now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so thankful. But I will say that my perspective as a daughter has changed so much now that I, have grown up just thinking like, I think when you're younger as a daughter, you're like, your dad has to be perfect. Like my dad, there's just a, in our culture, there's just like this, you identify your dad as like, he can do, he can do no wrong. Right. And he, if he does do wrong, you just don't even want to believe it. Cause you're like, there's no way my dad is just the best. Like there's nothing he can do that would make me not like love him so much. And, um, the older I got, I just thought, my dad is human. Like the more that I go through things that are really difficult, I'm like, Oh my goodness. He was, he was human and that's okay. And I think like my perspective of daughter has changed to say like, my dad is still just as amazing and I love him just as much as I did then. Yeah. You know, even after everything that we've been through, because like, I know God's grace in a completely different way. And I I can kind of, I can't relate to everything that my dad has gone through, but I can relate a little bit more now. And so, um, and then also I think like, as I got to know the Lord on a more like personal level, I think mm-hmm. for a long time, I just was at church and was just a checklist and do yeah. this. And, you know, in kids ministry, like I love kids pastors because they're, they're instilling those truths in you in such a young age. And yeah. then um, you look back and you're like, Oh my gosh, this was actually starting way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but now so that cool. I got to know the Lord on like a personal level, it's like, I, the more I opened up to the Lord, like the more I could be vulnerable with my dad, you know, and have conversations with him and like really understand him. And the more that I was receiving grace, obviously the more I could extend it to him. And that's good. um, And so I would say like from a daughter perspective, 
it's just different for me now. Yeah. Like seeing, you know, seeing both relationships with my heavenly father and my earthly father, they've changed so much. And in the best ways, I think the more that I have experience with God, the more that I can like relate and understand and give to my, my Mm -hmm. dad. So, um, so yeah, that's great. Well, and it's like, you have to have, I, I think, I think this is where so much like where we just mess it up, I, it, whether you're a blend family or not, is like we have to like if we want to have a relationship with anyone, mm. like it first comes from a relationship with the father. Yeah. You know, yeah. and knowing what love is and knowing what grace is and humility is. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's first that intimate relationship with him to know whose we are and who he is and who we are in him. Yeah. Who he is in us. And so yeah. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Well, well, we always talk about encouragement to blended families. Yeah. Do you want to ask this question? Or do you no, want to I, was, I was about to, and then I was, <laughs> like, I was like, you go right ahead. Okay. This is the yin and yang of our marriage here. I love it. We, we live out our communication style he's, on video We mind melt, video so like, he's thinking what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then sometimes we don't mind melt, and it just turns crazy. Uh, but we're going to talk about encouragement to blended families. So we always ask, what encouragement yeah. from your, you take everything that you went through, because yeah. every blended family that sits in our studio comes from a different perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is really from your heart to whoever's listening who needs to receive it. What encouragement would you give to blended families? Yeah. Um, if I were to just encourage blended families, I would say that um, mm-hmm. your, your kids, like I think speaking to families with younger kids right mm-hmm. now, I would say, now that I'm older, looking back on it, or even going through it at an older age, mm-hmm. like I think your kids are picking up on more than you think that they are, you yeah. know, and they're yeah. they're so aware. They're more probably more aware than you think. Yeah. Um, but they will really, really appreciate it once they're like once they get a little bit further down the road, they're yeah. gonna look back, and you might not feel their appreciation. Like as a parent, you might not feel their appreciation right now, yeah. or you might be, you know, seeing them in a really vulnerable state and going through and figuring out their emotions. But, yeah. um, you know, later down the road, I will say that looking back, I appreciate so many things that my parents did, the way that they loved me, the way that they talked through things, the way that they yeah. communicated, mm-hmm. even when I didn't really want to say anything, you know, when I didn't really want to talk about it anymore, yeah. you, you as a parent still bringing that up and you as a child, at least listening to what your parents have to say, like yeah. those conversations really steered us in the right direction. Right. And I see that now. Yeah. I didn't see it yeah. then, but I see it now that those yeah. conversations were meaningful and yeah. they meant a lot to me, even though I probably just ignored it. Or, you know, in the moment I, yeah. you know, had, you know, I rolled my eyes or I was just like, why are we discussing this again? Or why yeah. do we have to, why do we have to go there? Let's just push it under the rug, you know, but um, looking back now, I see those are really valuable conversations for my life and also those are things that I want I want to be clear in my communication for with my family you know and those are things that yeah I may have rolled my eyes but now I'm like that's I'm actually going to do that with Mm. in the future with my family and my kids and so there's there's definitely things that you may think your kids aren't loving or they're not appreciating or you know maybe you're not doing the right thing yeah because of their based on their responses but I will I can guarantee you later in life they're going to look back and say I'm, I'm so thankful for those moments, Aww. even though it didn't, it didn't seem yeah. like we were thankful, but we were. Yeah. I remember. That's encouraging I to remember me. doing that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I know. I'm thinking about ra- raising teenagers. I'm like, like, I'm like, you do realize this is important. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
No, you do. I know you. Yeah, do. I'm just gonna, do. I'm just gonna assume that you do. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we all, we typically hear like for the people who are like empty nesters now, they're like, there will be a point when they come to you they and will they come say, back. thank you. And I remember doing that with my stepdad and being like, I know I was a brat in high school, but I think you're awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but okay. Well, Claire, the last question we have is, and we ask this to everyone that's on the podcast is, what is a blended kingdom family to you? Blended Kingdom family to me, um, obviously, like I would emphasize the kingdom part mm-hmm. of that, like the like the Lord center, like central of all yeah. of those things. And a blended kingdom family really is one that hasn't figured it out. I will say my family, like I don't know that we have it figured out at all. Yeah. Like I think we have a lot mm-hmm. to learn, and on both sides, I think we have a lot to learn. But a blended kingdom family really is a family that's pursuing their best. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're doing their best. They're yeah. trying hard. Everyone, yeah. you know, from the youngest to the dad, to the mom. Like, I think mm-hmm. if everyone's on board and trying to make things work and trying mm-hmm. to make things better and, and just really pursuing what God's best, I think yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's so, what that would be for me, you yeah. know? And, and to me, I think that helps everyone, you know, for, yeah. Hey, let's all just get on the same page and let's yeah. all yeah. try. Let's all just really try hard to make this really great. Yeah. And um, it's just all about perspective and, and just yeah. really being there for each other yeah. through really difficult season, mm-hmm. you know, through it's, it, it gets easier. I would yeah. say yeah. that's one thing I've learned. It, it gets easier and yeah. um, it's really special. Yeah. I love it. That's so encouraging to hear. Yeah. Well, Claire, tell um, all of our viewers and listeners where they can find you, if they want to follow you, any encouragement you're putting out. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would just encourage everyone like family, um, it's so important. And I think that we, as you get older, I know from my perspective, as I get older, there is a distance that's created. Just, you know, people move, people move away. Your families are in different areas, whatever that looks like. Um, I would just encourage you to keep prioritizing family, um, in whatever way, whatever dynamic you have, whatever that looks like, just keep prioritizing family however you can, you know, whether that's phone calls or text messages or, um, even difficult conversations again and again, like that, those things are so valuable. And, um, I am on social media. You guys can follow me. It's, um, underscore Claire Jennings, but, um, I'm also at gateway with students and young adults and would, uh, would love for you guys to tune in mm. on what we're doing. Uh, just creatively, we have a lot coming out, a lot of content that we're producing. So, um, so yeah, that's me. And I'm just so honored and thankful to be here with you guys. Yeah. We're so honored and blessed to have you here and just hear your heart and your story. And, you know, it always encourages, even if it's just one person, like, yeah. but I know that there are so many people who are listening that are encouraged by this, especially, I think, especially parents hearing yeah. what children went through and just like how they processed it. And for maybe those parents that are in a season right now, like where you were. Yeah. I know that'll be so encouraging. Well, and, and let me just, I'm just going to replay one nugget here real quick. If you're in the sound of our voice and you live in the DFW area, let me, let me just go gateway kids. Mm. Dude is a cool place. So if yeah. you're like, I, I listen to you at this and I'm like, I want to get them in church. Okay. Gateway. Do it. South Lake. They got campuses all over DFW. Yeah. They're awesome. Get your kids there. Yeah. It's a great place, great people. So yeah. so excited and just thoroughly blessed that you've been with us today. I, and I thank you, guys. Great. Yes, thank you, Claire. Um, before we jump off, you guys, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, to YouTube, get on, subscribe, hit the little dinger bell thing so you can get notified every Monday of a new podcast um, or just anything that we have coming out. 
we don't want you to miss all the good stuff. And you guys, I just also want to take an opportunity to ask if you haven't left us a review on our podcast, we love to hear from you, Mm. what has been encouraging you. Um, I just want to share from Summer who left us a review and said, Scott and Vanessa's heart for Christ and blended families is simply beyond. This podcast hits home and deep in the heart every time. Thank you, Summer, so much Thank for you, Summer. that. That was very sweet. But um, you guys, again, we just love you so much. Claire, again, thank you for being Thanks, here. Yeah. And you guys, we love yeah. y'all. We hope you have an amazing day and be blessed in all that you do. Take care.